Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. I am Skull Hunter James, aka the Architect, aka Microscope Required, and with me as always, <laughs> man himself, Skull Hunter Games, aka Jordan. Yep, that that is me. That is me. And uh, yeah, today we uh, we have some we have some great news. We have some amazing people. Uh, today we have, as always, Joseph because he does not want to leave. We try kicking <laughs> I was him out. wondering when I became like the with you as always status. Not that I'm pathological, <laughs> but it's been five episodes so far. <laughs> you know what? You well, might you might grow. But um, who else do we have with us today, Joseph? He's a really good friend of yours. We have uh, one of the closest and dearest friends. Uh, of my life and one of those people that without it i cannot really uh, picture what my life would be like without him uh he is, he goes by twitch uh tv slash guja that's g-u-u-d-j-a-h uh i know him as arth which is a shorthand for a um a literary figure slash real person, right? King Arthur was a real person. <laughs> yes. Okay. King Arthur was a real person. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Just you know, you hear like stories of Jesus, and he walks in water, <laughs> and you like Chuck Norris, and like you know, he walks in water. I'm like, okay, I, the, the the line between reality and fiction is blurred for me. So I just need, I just needed some help. I'm just saying, just needed some help. So, so Arthur, tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself. Yeah, the Potato King himself! Yeah! <laughs> potato King! So, I started streaming, I think it was like about a year and a half ago, and I had no idea what I was going to do with my stream for like the longest time. I had no idea like about, you know, any sort of branding, like you know how you mentioned the potato. I was doing a couple of streams for my friends at that point, and uh, we were, I can't remember what it was, I was doing like... I think it was Devil May Cry, and I was trying to get triple S ranks on missions. And every single time I was about to win, I just, like, I died. Like, I messed completely up, fell off the edge of the stage or something ridiculous. And everybody just started calling me a potato. Just, they, they just picked potato for no good reason. And I was like, well, that's me. I'm a potato. That's, that's your branding. Hey, you know what? Half, half of that, half of what you do, half of what we all do is branding. So yep. you are definitely... Definitely a step ahead when it comes to that. So, ladies and gentlemen, well, oh, so ladies and gentlemen, what we have going on with us today is we are going to be conducting an interview with Arth and maybe trying to get ahead of uh, of another streamer outside of Jordan, maybe get another opinion or other obstacles that may or may not have happened or may or may not have had been overcome. So, uh, Arth, simple question, really. Um, all of us here play video games so i gotta ask you what brought you to video games like in in general yeah like in general like what what like, was your what gateway you at, yeah well yeah what was the gateway to video games for you okay well the like 100 percent actual gateway like the origin of me first playing games was nes when i was a kid and okay. i i got into like Mega Man and mario and stuff like that and from there like <laughs> I, I remember I got Castlevania 2. Has anybody here ever played that? Yes! No, sadly, I've never played it. So, uh, in Castlevania 2, it has a randomized timer to swap from day to night. And when it swaps to night, text pops up, and it comes up very slowly. It's a terrible night to have a curse. 
and then it goes dot 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 and then everything turns monstrous demons start running around and i was as a little kid and i was playing that game and all of a sudden the text pops up and i just get scared and all of a sudden everything turns to demons and monsters i was like pop took it out threw <laughs> it never played it again <laughs> i was just god like no 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 man it, um now what console was it on that was on the uh, NES. Oh wow! NES, okay. yeah, that's for yeah Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, I'm too young. Uh, the first first I console a, I, I ever snapped. knew to exist. Shut your mouth. The only console I knew to exist was a uh, Nintendo 64. That was the first one I ever saw. That was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is this is something. You have to put in cartridges and all this stuff. And anything older than that, it's fascinating to me. Yeah, I started with the oldest as NES, then I went to Sega, then Super Nintendo, then N64, PlayStation 1, then PC, and I never touched another console since. Right on. Not even the Switch? I want to Switch so bad, but it's so expensive. So bad. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. And the Air Force Rich here's... One. I'm with you. It's expensive. And, and here's the thing. They're about, I think they're like 300 now, or maybe the Switch Lights might be 200. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're coming out with a new, like a newer version of the Switch, the uh, Switch Pro or Pro Direct, whatever it is. And it's like, it's going to be like $500. Like you're going to be paying the same price for that as you would. Uh, I'd be like, really surprised PS5. if it doesn't have the word new in it somewhere. Like new Nintendo Switch Pro, new. Super new, new Nintendo Switch yeah. Pro 64. New colors. <laughs> you can get a teal. Right. All right. Um. So, so Arth, what was your uh, favorite game growing up? You mentioned all the consoles that you had and everything you went through. Uh, growing up, becoming the gamer that you are, what game really stuck sticks out to you? Like, instantly. First thing that comes to mind. Oh, Crap. I don't. So one thing that I'm very famous for is having a really terrible memory. So. <laughs> um, okay, so there, there are uh, about four games that are like the foundation of my childhood for gaming. The first okay. one is the Mega Man series. That series has, like was the first hard game I ever played. Then it was Bubsy the Bobcat. And I'll warn everybody, don't play that unless you hate yourself. <laughs> I, I did a stream where I was like, I'm not going to stop streaming until I beat this game. When I was done, my blood pressure was 215 over 180. Yeah, Buzz uh, is like one of the original Kaizos. It is. Mm. It's just a non-stop killing. You almost went into cardiac arrest to beat a <laughs> video game on stream. Yep. <laughs> I've thought about doing that. I've thought about taking like a really like fun, maybe interesting game and saying, play the hardest difficulty and say, I'm not going to stop streaming until I do it. But in stories like yours, just to make me go, nah, nah, I ain't doing it. <laughs> it can kill you. Uh, for you, almost did. <laughs> That's insane. Oh my god! And the only other two games is like uh, StarCraft and Counter Strike One Point Six. Those are the other two. <laughs> yeah, buddy. I uh, I started off on One Point Six. I went to One Point Six. I played a little Source. It sucked, so I went back to One Point Six, and then now I now I play Go. Source was so bad. What <laughs> it was? I never played it. <laughs> Don't. It's the only reason why you would have Source is if you have Gary's mod and everything takes Source textures. That is mm-hmm. literally the only reason to have Source. Or if the only thing you care about are 
smoother animations and nothing else matters. Or being yelled at by a bunch of Hispanic children. <laughs> Doesn't matter where you are in the world, the Hispanic children will find you and yell at you in source. Oh my god. Why um, do you have to be okay. Hispanic? So this one's a little I, I don't say I don't want to say personal, Just but the data, this is bro. from my my personal um, experience listening to you because I've watched a few of your streams. I've seen you do um your, what I think you guys call punch and lunch every Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's first off, great name. Who came up with which one of you guys came up with that name? I think he did. It oh, was wait, um, it was a brainstorming process. It was a brainstorming process, but the final uh I think I, I had the final yeah, uh, that great of, name. But, yeah. If I were to ever title a Streets of Rage stream that like you can't you can't beat that you've taken over the market on that and the thing um, is i think when we settled on that name was probably around the same time we started playing streets of rage which is the most punch and lunch esque uh game possible because that yeah, game you pick up lunch yeah. to restore yeah. health and i was like it was it was perfect um we're actually yeah uh, like, we, we've been triggering out ways to like stretch out how, continuing to play streets of rage and not move on to another game uh, it's gotten to the point now where we last the last time we played we picked characters that we were deliberately gonna have a hard time with uh and we just like we why did we beat it like we're getting mad now because we keep beating it and, and we're running out of excuses to play <laughs> You know what? I um, actually understand that. Like, yeah. you're trying to find excuses to play because you love it, but it's just like you keep finishing it. I finally mm-hmm. got a new excuse to play Borderlands Three again, so I've been I've been grinding with some of that. Just not yeah, on stream. I, that's the best thing. So, I think it was two Fridays ago, maybe three Fridays ago. I was in your actually in your chat. You guys were playing uh, Streets of Rage Four. We were in the chat, and then somebody brought up Mario. Like, I think you're talking about like hard games you played and you mentioned one of the mario games was one of the hardest games you've played um and then got, got into the chat somebody i don't know who brought up bowser i don't i don't know who did that i don't know what degenerate said that but uh when you're talking you seem like such a historian and when i hear you talk about video games did that just like come from experience or did you like seek that information out because when you talk you bring up details and you talk about things that like many people might have skipped over or not have really thought about. Like, you just seem like such a historian when it comes to that. Is there... Hold on, am I the degenerate? Because I, I forgot if I no, brought that, that up. For... No, okay. that was me. No, that was me. I am a degenerate. I just wanted to make sure <laughs> like, I'm, like, Arthed, taking responsibility Arthed. when it is. Okay. Yeah, Arth asked this chat, okay, guys, who's your favorite uh, uh, Mario character? And everyone was like, oh, like, Luigi, Waluigi, whatever. And I, and I said, Bowser. Wow. <laughs> oh, right, Okay. <laughs> That reminds me. I've been meaning to look that up. <laughs> Bowsette, rule 34, question mark? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Don't zipping, do that. Don't up. do that. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> All right uh, Mario. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no, John. Uh, <laughs> Another wow. castle's in your princess. All right, Arth. Uh, so back to the question. You, I don't know if you remember it, but basically, just like, how did you become such a historian when it comes to video games? Oh, I've uh, I've played a bajillion different video games. Mostly, that's like, a large the... number. That's a large <laughs> number. Can you confirm? I I'm probably not even like exaggerating that much. I've played so many video games. Jeez. My two hobbies are video games and air fryers. That's my house. Woohoo! 
air fryer. Oh, you know what? I have the same hobby, my brother. That is not a bad one to have. You know what? Actually, I need to I need to hold up here for a minute because this says this is how like art. This is why I've been wanting to like get you on here, and I was like so like wanting you on. Because so, of the air fryer. Because of you, Joseph, the air fryer. Because when you were interviewing me, I can't believe the legacy of this air fryer thing is going to continue. Because you sat there and you were asking Earth on questions to ask me when I was on your Debify podcast, uh, all about uh, business and all that. You should go listen to it. Um, Yeah, you know. And uh, he said, ask him if he has an air fryer as a joke. And you asked me about it, <laughs> and then I was like, I don't, I don't have an air fryer, but I'm thinking about it. I've been wanting one. That next day, I went out to buy an air fryer. I spent $50 on an air fryer that day, and then the, the same day, I hopped into our stream, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, we're talking, we're getting to know each other a little bit, and I'm like, okay, dude, I'm going to catch you later, leave. And then from now on, we just kept, I just kept using this air fryer. It's been great, and now it comes to today. I finally get to talk to the man about the air fryer. What do you like cooking in your air fryer? Because <laughs> it is fantastic. I've been, we've been going around loose, you know, been talking to a little side action, you know. Now we get the time to talk about the air fryer. Like, Arth, your ability to market the air fryer is way more on brand than I think you... <laughs> You intended. Uh, I need your affiliate <laughs> the link. The Potato King, the the air fryer is the food preparation tool of choice of the Potato King. Just remember that. What What is the get, one thing air you air fry the most in your house? Like, if you had one thing you air fry, what is it the most? Oh, I know it's so hard because once you do one thing, you just keep throwing things in. You're like, maybe this hot pocket, maybe. Yes, you can do that, and it's great. There is literally nothing I don't air fry now. (laughs) The thing I probably air fry the most is scrambled eggs. Really? Mm. (laughs) I just tried it one day, and it works. I make quiches, scrambled eggs, fried eggs. I can see a quiche. I'm I'm still confused about the scrambled Like, How do you... What? (laughs) <laughs> well, because you just remove the plate that stops, like, any of the liquid from falling down. You just remove that, th- pop it in there, put your eggs in there, and then throw it in. It would work. Um, yeah, I-, I need to try that. I need to try that. I do egg I got an airfryer question so. for you. And this is What's legit. Up? So, for people who are going to be getting an air fryer, uh, myself included, it's, it's on the docket, um, yeah, what are some cold. of the first things that people can make to familiarize themselves with the air fryer? Uh, okay, it depend- a lot of this depends on uh, your you know, your level of skill in cooking, right? So let's say if you have a low level <laughs> My of skill, level in skill in cooking is to go through the recycling and get all the coupons for Subway that everybody else in the apartment <laughs> threw away. <laughs> That's my... <laughs> If, uh, what Judge would uh, say is, if he was a sim, he would burn it down. <laughs> yeah. I so, communicated exactly what I wanted to communicate. TYVM. <laughs> okay, so for the lowest skill, right, if you want to make hamburgers, right, let's say you have frozen hamburger patties, right? You throw them in there, 275, 20 minutes. Then you flip them, and you put it on 400 for about six minutes. Three minutes in, if you want cheese, throw cheese on top. 
put it back in. Last three minutes, cheese will be like nice and golden brown and crisp on the top and unmelted all over the burgers. They're so good. And they're done You're perfectly, lucky. like the 170 every time. You're lucky I just ate dinner already, Arth. That was... Start, Arth's gonna start an OnlyFans where he just talks about cooking. <laughs> <laughs> Today on OnlyFans, I'm gonna talk about this chicken. Fun, that's a fun fact about OnlyFans. It's got a, a stigma. I won't, I won't say a negative stigma or anything like that because, you know, it is what it is. You do you. Uh, but it does have a stigma. It started off as genuinely people, like normal like content creators who make YouTube videos and stuff like that, wanting to get paid for their videos. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's very, very uh, realistic if Arth wanted to go that route and start talking about food and food preparation and give cooking lessons on OnlyFans. I'd subscribe. I'd you know support. what? We just started. He's making a cooking channel, everyone. He's making a cooking channel. I, I'm gonna. The, we're gonna be the ones to start it. I mean, he he's already he's, here now. He's actually the forerunner for uh, the Skull Hunter uh, cooking air fryer podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna send him some mics so he can get real close into it. Like, oh, listen to a sizzle. <laughs> the air fryer just needs to be on like one of their own camera. It's just you know, three people yep. and then the air fryer. It's That's literally just an ASMR be. podcast of the air fryer going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all you're gonna hear. Just it's just uh... it's just it's literally just ninety minutes of. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're forgetting the part where they do this. Whoop, boom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Time down. Time to ring this horse back in, all right? So you would say that your um, knowledge of video game stuff just comes from experience, just from the games you played and stuff like that, right? That's what you're saying? Oh, yeah. I've, like, I played a ton of video games since I was young. It was, like, my main okay, hobby. Well, first, off, first off, you said a ton now, and then you said a gajillion earlier. What, which so one the median is, is somewhere between those two points. <laughs> hmm. We got a we got a tough one on our hands. Maybe uh, maybe if uh, you would have bought his uh, custom made air fryer, you know, might have, <laughs> might have maybe. James, I'm going to screw with you this whole time. Like you're trying to put us back on track, and all I can think about is this air fryer. Still, like you don't I understand, James. I finally get this opportunity. I get to talk to the man who introduced me to the air fryer. Like if he if he came out and just showed a wad of cash, being like, "This is how much I made from the air fryer," I would be like, "Okay, here's some more." Like that would happen. My takeaway from this is that there's no such thing as just a joke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, so, so gonna start. Home and Decker's gonna start sending cease and assist. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. Uh, James. Just in response, to start sending recipes. <laughs> <laughs> so here's one thing that I, I wanted to say about Arth's knowledge, um, mm -hmm. knowing him uh, as long as I have, is that it's not just about breadth, but it's also about his depth. Uh, he, what, uh, what I th what one thing that I find concerning about what happens to a lot of gamers is that they'll play a game and they'll go onto YouTube and they'll get the answers mm -hmm. or they'll get the instructions on how to you know, climb the climb ladder if there's ladders or what tools to use depending on what's popular in the meta and m pretty much any competitive game at this point has an issue. Arth uh, is highly intuitive. 
And what happens is that he will learn the mechanics and he'll actually figure out pretty much any game you throw at him. Um, and as proof of this, um, it's, it's an old video, but he took a, a highly specific, highly niche character in Heroes of the Storm and climbed the ladder all the way to rank one with this character. No one else would have, even if they would done it on that character, I don't. They would have done it the way Arth does it. Um, so Arth is somebody that uh, it's what he takes away from the games that he plays is also important too, uh, because he he's, he's really good at like studying them, understanding them. I, I me as a gamer, like I, my creativity is always like the thing that's most uh, vying for my attention. So I always look at games as a way to I kind of like express what I want to do. And some games fit that well, some games not so much. Uh, so sometimes my creativity is like way too restricted and sometimes it's just the right amount of restricted. Uh, so I tend to like put myself first, but Arth is also, he puts the game mechanics first and kind of feels his way through it. Yeah, and that's and that's something you got to respect because um, I play a lot of video games too. I'm not going to throw a specific number like certain people, but I... <laughs> I, I play a lot of video games, but when it comes to actually like the in-depth knowledge and mechanics, I can really only say that uh, Counter-Strike or CS, like CSGO is really the only game that I can say I know like the back of my hand. Like I know every mechanic about it. Um, when I played competitively, I was an IGL, so I was the one who come up, had to come up with all the strats and know where all the smoke grenades go and like where to flash, when to flash, certain routes, when to rotate, mid-round calls, stuff like that. It's Counter-Strike, you throw me in CSGO, I, I do great there. You throw me into any other game and ask me about the mechanics or simple things. Like, my my raw scale when it comes to FPS it can only get me so far. Mm-hmm. If I don't know any of the mechanics or anything like that, like Rainbow Six Siege, I've played it. I'm awful at Rainbow Six Siege. I'm, I don't want to sound too my own horror. I'm good at CSGO. I am not good at Rainbow Six. And it's just, it's just one of those things where, but when Arth speaks, like you said, like he... And like you could tell, like every game he plays, he has that understanding of the mechanics and the gameplay, and it's it's just it's respectable. Like if somebody who plays video games, that is like that is respectable. And I keep throwing my questions all over the floor. I'm sorry, I'm unprepared. <laughs> the one who's most um, prepared is right now the most unprepared. <laughs> most because he just um, doesn't know about these air fryers. <laughs> I'm joking. That's all. That's all I'm gonna talk about. That's all. My mother, That's all. Two, last Christmas, not the Christmas that just happened, but two Christmases ago, my mother-in-law and my mother, like, both got me an air fryer for Christmas. Okay. I had two of them. I am jealous. I want more air fryers. You know what? You got some coming He's to you. He's gonna replace all his utilities with air fryers. <laughs> He got he got his toaster air fryer. He got his microwave air fryer. He got everything. Like he has them labeled out up in here. Arth, you, so one of these days, I'm not saying when, but you're gonna build a custom PC that not only looks like an air fryer. <laughs> yes. Arth, wait, yes! wait. Is Arth behind the KFC console? <laughs> <laughs> We are getting sued Arth- after this podcast. What's up? You're a sponsor. Uh, sink or swim, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> For legal reasons, he can't answer that question. <laughs> but yeah, all we right. all know. So, um, so the architect, right. bring us, keep us in track. I'm, 
I'm I am tracking respectfully. Um so when I watch you stream, I've watched I've hopped in quite a few of your streams, I've seen it. Um even when there are times like I don't talk in chat, I just I throw it on just to mm -hmm. just watch if I'm like busy and like background noise. I I'm a busy person, so ambient noise and ambient stuff is what I um like to listen to but i've noticed you play a lot of games that are out of the norm for most Twitch streamers like nowadays i think the big game is rust a month ago it was among us and then a month before that it was fall guys and i've noticed you really don't follow the trend you kind of uh stick to your own stick to your own uh routines and uh i i have what i have to ask is do you do that on purpose or are these games that you play just ones that you generally love to play and you don't care what the common ones are or what the norm is it's just you do you. Or is it something you're like, oh, all those people are playing this game, I'm gonna stick to my own guns and I I'm curious, what is what is your answer to that? Before he answers the question, I just want to tell a quick story real quick to uh, help illustrate this point. Um, when I first started uh, joining Arthon stream, I was trying to get him to play Fortnite. <laughs> he lost three followers. <laughs> like, all right, sorry, Arthur, happy birthday. <laughs> as, as, well, hold on, in his defense, as he should, if I was watching a streamer and he put on Fortnite, I would also unfollow. And yeah. I got one death threat <laughs> as well. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Joseph, I think that was something that you knew, right? Hold wow. on, hold on. Is, is that a shoot? Like, is that for real? Yeah, I got, I got one death joke? threat and was from a streamer. Or not a streamer, sorry, like a viewer. One viewer that I knew that I was talking to was like, he he unfollowed me. I never saw him again. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is wow. awful. Okay, first off, if you do that, if if you're saying death threats to streamers because they play Fortnite, first off, screw you. Hmm. Second off, that is awful. But uh, <laughs> floor is now yours, Arth. Sorry. Oh no, what? <laughs> so remember when I said I had a bad memory? I forgot. Uh, okay, so Cliff Notes version of the question. Big. A lot of a lot of other streamers play games that are common that other streamers are playing to try to try to get some of that cookies out of the cookie jar. Okay, he's got to be quiet. Just let him go. <laughs> you you kind of uh, stick to your own guns here. I don't know why everyone's laughing. Someone's got to explain it to me later. All right. So and you stick to your own guns, and you play your own games. And I've noticed that there are games that aren't normally in the norm when it comes to most streaming. Do you do that on purpose to try to either avoid trying to compete with those other streamers or do you do it because you just do a little bit games and you want to play those um sorry one second somebody walked in my room so uh i just want to say uh i i definitely was not laughing at anything you were saying i was laughing at myself there because the moment you started explaining me like the question it, everything just filled into my head and i was like yep oh. i got it <laughs> and oh, i was like oh, no no i'm just <laughs> my memory's not so good so when I first started streaming, I, uh, I like, I did a lot of like the top things. Like when Ori and the Blind Forest was like big, I tried Ooh, yeah. streaming that. I had zero viewers. When I did Terraria, when the big patch hit, I had like maybe three viewers, and people would pop in and just be like, "Can I join?" And I'd be like, "Not really," and they'd be like, "You suck," and leave. <laughs> So I was, I was kind of starting to get sick of that. And then people started joining and they started just like chatting. Like when I, I don't remember what game I played. It was just like some random old retro game that I was like, I really want to play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And somebody joined in and they said something along the lines of like, oh, I'd really like it if you played Act Razor on the Super Nintendo, because it's a game where it's like an RTS mixed with sim mixed with like side-scrolling ninja gaiden and i was like what that sounds amazing 
So that, I that played does sound it. amazing. I think I actually suggested Actraiser too. I'm a big advocate for that game. I I think it might have been you, yeah. And so like I went and I played Actraiser and I was like, this game's amazing. And I was just talking about it the whole time and I was talking about different mechanics and stuff like that. And then they suggested another game. Then somebody came in and suggested another game on top of that. And I was like, here's all these like old classic games that I hadn't played that everybody grew up with and they loved. And then Twitch came out with the channel point system, which I named Potatoes. And I put a channel point reward where if you watch X amount of time, I will play your game and I will try to beat it. And if it's absolutely terrible or I don't like it, I'll refund the points. And I'll give it all back to you. And that was like the thing. And I'll put it in the schedule. Everybody loved it. This is like how my channel is growing now. Like, it's just, I have like 15 of everybody's like favorite games in my, in my queue. And so, I think, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, so right now redeeming channel points for E.T. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is going to be hell. <laughs> no, I, uh, not going to lie, I've been uh, redeeming some channel points for uh, something for me and you to stream. Uh, it's coming out later this year, but, you know, I feel like uh, we're going to have a good time. It's only two-player, so me and you might do it. Ooh. Might do it. That sounds cool. Yep. I'm not going to send any spoiler alerts. All I'm saying is it's going to fit the kind of games you play. That's all I'm going to say. All I'm going to hmm. say. But that, that sounds that's, awesome. That's really cool, though, the fact that because I've trained over eight, no, 90 gamers so far, 90 streamers from zero to something. And one of my big successes that screwed me over hit like over a thousand already in three months. And he was playing like the trendiest games. But he did he did something totally different. He was like, hey, everyone joins in. Like he didn't care what you said. He didn't care about any of that. He didn't care about building his community versus you. Your community is strong. Like your your discord's great. Your uh, streams are great. Your chat's always great. Uh, watching you guys play Ark, you know, everyone's respectable in there. Uh, and I, I grew up on Ark is toxic. I know, I know how I just said everyone in Ark is, um, you know, I'm, I'm being nice, okay? I'm being nice. But for the most part, everyone seems great. I'm gone. I'm being replaced by my Shiba Inu. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about my Shiva Inu pen. I was just like, it's like new again for the first time. I, okay, I am the biggest uh, purveyor in saying that every person needs at least one good pen in their life, and it should be a pen that only they use and only they know where it's at. I, I am the biggest. Yeah, I will agree. There's the. Um, I do a lot in like crypto and investing and stuff like that, and so on my. Right down there is a box that has a golden credit card in it and a pen. And this pen is for the crypto stuff. And so I'm the only person to touch that pen. And I left everything inside of it. My little document saying that, you know, I've done this and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, everyone ha should have that one pen that's like, that's their pen. They treat it. If that pen gets lost, mayhem's falling down. A hashtag Borderlands 3. I, so my, my other pen, sorry. It's a, it's a, it's a Parker. Uh, I just I wanted one for work because if I'm ever halfway through an interview and my pen runs out of ink, I want to know that I've got a reload ready. So, yeah. You know, I, I will say this. If those documents and everything are valuable, you may want to move them after the podcast because you look straight at them. 
<laughs> yeah. You know what? I have good insurance on my place. They could do it. I mean, I this this computer has a uh, a uh, RTX 3090. That computer has an RTX 3090. Um, these these monitors are like 8K. Um, yeah, insurance. Deal with that. <laughs> Don't check my bank records. <laughs> <laughs> But it's true. You gotta believe me. <laughs> I thought you were gonna Man, you say got so much equity. Mm-hmm. I thought you were. I thought you were gonna say, "Yeah, I hope they come in here because this computer here has a gun attached to it with a security camera." I no, that's where you were going with that. No, like we don't have a security system. But uh, no, no, there's nothing. I got that energy sword on the wall that can protect me. Um, I got nothing, honestly. There's legitimately nothing in this room. Someone came in that door right now. I, I got nothing. I legit got nothing. I could throw coffee cups at him. That's all I can do. Like I got yeah, I, keep, I got mugs. I, um that's it. Yeah, I'm in a pretty vulnerable position right now because my lock isn't in this room, so if I were someone would bust in here, I'd be like, Well, I guess my time has come. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> Alright, so So you mentioned, Arth, that you were um you got into streaming about a year and a half, two years ago. Uh, what made you get into it? Like, what what really stuck out to you and what made you think, man, I could do this or I want to do this? Um, so it was, it was a little bit like, one, I wasn't feeling very well at the time. I was, like, not very healthy. I was very sick. And I was like, streaming might be the only thing that I can kind of, like, get into right now. And, like, it might make me feel better. And the reason for that is because my friends, every time I told them I did something in the game, they would just say, bull, you're a liar. And I was like, no, I did that. And they'd be like, no, that's a load of crap. You didn't get rank one on Murky. That's a load of crap. And I'd have to send them screenshots. And, or I'd tell them, like, I did something and I just messed up and it was hilarious. And everybody would be like, no. And I was like, you know what? Fine. I My, compu- my new computer might be cursed, but I can stream with it. So I'm going to start streaming. And uh, now uh, I have video ex- evidence. Ex- explain. Why Why is your computer cursed? Oh, because, uh, so, when when I wasn't, uh, like, when I wasn't very well, one of my relatives said that they'd uh, set up a computer for me, right? So okay. it's, it's like a pre-built computer, but we had to change out the power supply in it. And when oh, we opened okay. it up, to change the power supply, we found out that the motherboard was glued onto the case. It wasn't screwed in. So we had to remove the glue. Then when we tried to put in the power supply, the power supply wouldn't fit. So my relative picked up the back of the case, put his fist like that, and started punching it in (laughs) until it cracked through the top corner of the motherboard. And then it was fit in place, and then he sealed it in. And this thing is cursed. It takes 40 minutes to boot to Windows every morning. Some might call that ratchet, but if you want to go with cursed, I'll understand. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I was, I had a few names for it, but yeah, let's go with cursed. Yeah, let's go with cursed. That the motherboard, when you mentioned that the motherboard was glued to the back and not screwed in joseph had this had the visual reaction of what i was feeling on the inside i've i've <laughs> he, he just looked like he was computers. sick to his stomach and i'm just like mm, no no it should be screwed it should be screwed not glued 
especially old CPUs, those get really hot. So, wow. I'm pretty computer illiterate, so when I understand something like that, <laughs> I, I, oh. you're just like, oh, All right, the so, hey, we don't get copyright stricken around here, Jordan. Um, Not so, yet. Our, so I, I just I have a question here. What would what would today you say to like? five-year-old you or 10-year-old you or like 15-year-old you like so like past you, what would present you say to past you um hmm let's see the five the five-year-old and 10-year-old me Let yeah me so either, like either way it was just like an age gap like just to a younger version of you before maybe like the per, the, the, the you that is just about to like play video games for the first time yeah, like before you like embark that. on that journey. Hmm. I think the advice that I would give my younger self is definitely be nicer to people. You make way more friends that way. Like, I, literally, everybody out there can be great friends if they're just not jerks first. <laughs> yeah. Because when... It, when I was like 13 or 14, I ran, I don't know how I got roped into this, but I roped uh, Joe into this as well. It was a 300 person Counter-Strike clan that I ended up having to run as a 13 year old because the adult who started it didn't want to deal with all the kids anymore. So I had to run that and I had to keep them from fighting with each other every single day. And it was horrible. <laughs> That's it. You guys are going the nuke. <laughs> nuke was actually our favorite map on our community server next to Aztec. Which in is 1. weird. 6, nuke, nuke was good in 1.6. It was mm -hmm. buggy, but it was good. I'm also a fan of the original Dust. I'm like mm. the one, I'm like <laughs> the only I'm like the only person who thinks that, but I am. I, I know your pain right now. I punch my mic like 30 times per stream. That's why I'm keeping my hands right here like this. I will not do it. My mic is on the other end of my uh, computer, so I'm just, nah, nah, because I get really fidgety. So, yeah, no. I'll start turning on my knobs. And, like, one final question, unless Joseph or Jordan want to kind of interject. So my last question to you to kind of conclude the interview part of this would just be, um, what has been your favorite part of being a streamer and building a community, like knowing that this community is built around what you've created? I think it's mostly the people that I'm meeting. Like, it's so unbelievably fun to talk to everybody, to, like, find out about them, to find out what they like, to convert them to my air fryer cult, to just, like, <laughs> keep... Like, to keep just being silly and for people to have fun. Like, like ju just a quick story about Ark. Like, we started a community server on it, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody else was, like, creating, like, these big plans of things they wanted to do. And they were like, all right, let's go to Wikipedia and let's find out what fruits and vegetables this dinosaur likes and all this other stuff and like i would be sitting in the server and i would just kind of be a little bit bored i would hop on a wyvern and pick somebody up and be like all right we're going on an adventure and i accidentally drop them in a volcano and they get really <laughs> upset <laughs> accidentally <laughs> yeah yeah i know how that happens 
And the like they were being so patient with me until one day I logged in and they said, you know what? They, like this was my own community. It was like, we have a gift for you. And I was like, what? what's going on? They're like, come over here. And there was a cage in the middle of our compound. And right as I turned around to run away, they knocked me out, handcuffed me, put me in the cage, dropped me in a prison. And all of them were standing up on top of me as they were throwing oil on top of me and set me on fire. And they were like, that's your punishment. You uh, literally got your own mini hell. I, I like that. I'm a little oh, twisted. I, I, I really enjoy that. <laughs> I love that so much. Because they can arc too is that you can mess with other players' characters while they're the player isn't there. So they waited for you. They wanted to see this happen to you, or they wanted you to see it. And I deserved it too, a hundred percent. And that's <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's that, the memories you build from it, and you know that that's uh, the best part. That's funny. Oh, that is good. Good stuff. It's nice to finally have you around, Darth. We've been we've been wanting this. Um, any, do any of you guys have any final questions for Arth before we kind of jump into the stories of the week? Well, I got I got one. I got one. Sort of got it with an air product question. <laughs> okay, I got nothing. Joseph, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Actually, I will say you you called it the air fryer cult. Is it technically a cult if you acknowledge that it's a cult? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, fair. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, and now we have some interesting stories of the week to start talking about. And some of these are high stories, like good, uplifting. Some of them, not so much. First, we're going to talk about Lucas Games getting the rights to the Star Wars game back off Disney. That's a woo! Yeah, everybody clap. Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Yay. Okay, nobody else clapped. Okay, well, nobody well, else understands that this is a big victory for the Star Wars games. And I'll tell you why. If you remember Battlefront 2 that came out a couple years ago, it was buggy. It had a terrible launch. It was riddled with loot boxes, and you couldn't do anything cool without loot boxes. It was just awful. And you know why? Because EA published that game, and EA loves their loot boxes. Just ask any of the same people that buy this, buy and play the same FIFA game year after year. The only difference is the number on the cover changes. That is the only difference. Well, Lucas Games has announced today that they're going to be having an open-world Star Wars game, and it's going to be made by Ubisoft and not EA. I will say I am excited because it's not EA. I am hesitant because it's Ubisoft. What is your guys' opinion on this? Someone else. Don't all talk at once here. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, are those like your glasses, or do you put them on when you're getting ready for your impression of James? You know, I don't know. These are these are mine. Um, I bought these for a skit I done for another uh, video. Um, but sketch I... and comedy, they're called sketches. <laughs> Skits is what we do on the podcast. Sketch is what you do for comedy. Joe, Joe got me with that one a couple of times too. Hey, um, I'm going to put out there. I never said I was a uh, talented. I never said I was <laughs> smart. Hold I never before, said I'm intelligent. Before we start talking about Ubisoft Star Wars, I'm going to throw Jordan on the spot here. Do your James impression. Uh, I'm the architect here. Yeah? 
Um, I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna segue this. Um, we're gonna go ahead and talk about some of the new games coming out. Mm, we got we got Cyberpunk uh, 2077. <laughs> I don't know why I make you go, hmm <laughs> every sentence. Hey, I think that's spot on. Ooh, I'm in. I'm in then. Um, but, right. um, uh, no, honestly, when it comes down to the Battlefield games, uh, I did play the Battlefield, um, Star Wars game, whatever. I did play it a little bit. I played the beta. It wasn't that great, uh, but I'm not a big Star Wars fan. And I know I'm gonna immediately annihilate, like, our viewer count by just saying that, but I haven't, I, I love the old Star Wars. The movies, I will watch every day of the week like i love the old star wars all this new stuff baby yoda it's like tiktok i don't really care <laughs> mm -hmm. i don't really care and that's kind of where i'm at but what about what about you um ark or joseph like what you guys are feelings on it uh i'm gonna focus on the the game in specific here because uh we can also get into like the issues with the different companies um but as far as the game goes it just goes to show how soured i've been on the concept of open world because if i didn't think about all of the hits there's been hits but as well as the misses regards to open worlds i i would just say oh my god star wars but like traveling to different planets getting your own ships joining the rebellion or joining the empire hopefully participating in big battles i mean that's like one of the main things people love about star wars games is they want to be a part of those big um battles and 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 there there's so much variety to them too you get dog fights you get ground battles you get like sword fighting right because uh lightsabers and it represents the uh the old school uh knight uh verse for samurai whatever metaphor they were going for and then you get big space battles and that's one of the best things about star wars is that it has so many different toys for the for the players to play with so the potential is there um but that's just that's just from the the term open world in star wars that's all i can think about it so the game concept on its own is is exciting i'd love to you know keep my eye on it in my, uh, in, in my opinion i'm hesitant like if if there is a a publisher that you want to go to for open world you go to ubisoft Ubisoft makes everything open world nowadays. Like, all their games. So, like, if they go to make a Devil May Cry, they'll make an open world Devil May Cry. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that would be... I'll say, my mind instantly went to the Assassin's Creed games. Mm-hmm. They're, like... And, and they did Far Cry as well. Right? I think yep. so. Because, yeah. yeah. Like, I, ha I haven't really played many ubisoft games in the recent like five to ten years because i have i have this like uh pension when i play open world games to burn myself out like i played fallout new vegas played it for 300 hours couldn't touch an open world game for like five years <laughs> the the thing that scares me is that ea had the star wars license and when they went to make that mmo the old republic a while ago mm -hmm. Yeah. They advertised big battles, open world. They like kind of copied the World of Warcraft combat system to make it a you know, a, and made it a little bit faster. And the potential was there. They had this like overarching story where you had to like make choices. Like for example, if you were a Jedi, it was like, do you kill your master and become Sith? And you're like, holy crap, that's like you're supposed to change the whole story. 
but they ran out of budget because they were doing so many things. Because, like you said, Joe, with the, you know, like how you can do so many things in Star Wars, they put in space battles and they were gimmicks. They were horrible. You were just pointing and clicking at enemies <laughs> and you would blow them up. And they, like, they put, they spread themselves so thin. And then when I think about it, I'm like thinking about like Ubisoft's titles recently. They, like, other than Assassin's Creed, I don't know if they're going to be able to do all of that. Or how much of it's going to become a gimmick for the other stuff to be good. Like, maybe there'll be no big-scale battles. And maybe there'll be spaceships and stuff like that. Now, I've heard, like, I... I just don't know. I'm I'm hesitant. Because it's it's too many things they can do. They'll probably spread themselves super thin, and then everything will be bad. Like... I think it was they did that with Anthem recently. I like I think EA did that right with Anthem. They did yeah, that like maybe yeah. Anthem, yeah. I think they, Ubisoft was also sorry, but was one of the companies to um, coin the term annualize. They weren't the first one to do it. Activision was, I think, most known for annualizing their games, like uh, Call of Duty, and then I think I guess the sports titles really were the first to annualize because they were the first ones to justify it. Okay. Yeah, 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 correct. And so, um, I, I I would also hesitate because of is this going to be like a one and done where they're going to support it for years? They might put some DLC, or are they expecting that this is going to turn into Assassin's Creed, where they're going to be like an open world Star Wars, where like each iteration is like a continuation of a story? It's uh, or each planet is there? It's it's its own copy. So that's a part of it too. I know what they're going to do. They're going to make a four-year season pass, and they're going to sell an ultimate mega Megazord edition of the season pass where you can get iconic lightsabers, like Jar Jar Binks' lightsaber or Captain Picard's lightsaber. And you're going to be able to get all of those lightsabers, and there's going to be like a multi-tiered season pass, and they're going to say they're going to support it. And then three months later, they're going to be like, we didn't hit our targets, and we're sorry. And come buy our new Star Wars. Game. Here's a beanie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a beanie. <laughs> wow, that's an old reference. Um, yeah, you guys were talking about all the different kind of things they could do, and immediately my heart sank to my to the bottom of my stomach because I was like, "There's, there's at least a forty percent chance they No Man's Sky this. There's at least that." Because No Man's Sky was supposed to be an open world, do all this, go fly around, have you know, do your thing. And what do you do in Star Wars? You go to you know, different planets, go fly around, you do your thing. This I'm I I'm, that, and that's why I'm nervous because I I am uh, I love Star Wars. I didn't like the newer movies, but hey, what can you do? You're right. Mm-hmm. I'd love it maybe if you guys could go. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying maybe you guys should have bullied George Lucas so much. All right, the prequels weren't as bad as you guys all said they were. I mean, I love Jar Jar Binks. He was cool. this is over go away (laughs) James is just like no I'm done Misa don't like you (laughs) Misa tell you Um, so basically yeah anyone else have any final opinions on this I mean we, we I think we beat it to death EA 
annualizing games, all that, not good. Hopefully Ubisoft cannot screw the pooch on this one. We're rooting for Ubisoft. I will say one final thing before we say, I've noticed Lucas Games also owns the right to Indiana Jones. And we talked about last episode how they're counting on Bethesda to make the Indiana Jones game. So I've noticed that they are trying out different publishers for different games. Do you think they're trying to get a feel of what they like more? Mm -hmm. And so eventually down the road that they know, oh, hey, Bethesda did this and this and this, but Ubisoft did this, this, and this, and it's kind of going to be like highest bidder for the next Lucas Games game. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe that could, that could be what they're doing, which I love. I love it when do, games do that, have different publishers do different games like that. Kind of like how Call of Duty, I, it's all under the Activision brand, but they had like Sledgehammer, they have Treyarch, they have all that. And you know, and you can tell when you play the game that they are different. Yeah, so I'm excited. That, yeah. that That is one thing that gives me a little bit of hope about this game studio. You know mm-hmm. what I don't understand about that? Hmm. What's up? Like, you, you have, like, such a great point on that, is that they're probably trying all the developers out, right? Yes. So why did they not give Indiana Jones to the publisher of Prince of Persia? Can you imagine, like, a Prince of Persia-style Indiana Jones game? Mm. I I have a little answer for you there. Ooh. Because the because the public I forget who it is, but Prince of Persia is owned by Sony, and Bethesda is owned by Microsoft, and so I'm thinking, either one the company that makes Prince of Persia might not be doing things anymore. I could be wrong because I don't think we have I haven't heard anything about Prince of Persia in years. But also it could have went to the highest bidder. Highest bidder would have been Microsoft and or Bethesda, because that's what people are talking about is that this Indiana Jones game could be a Microsoft exclusive because it is Bethesda is owned by Microsoft. And also one thing they could have tried to stay away from is that company might have relations to other Sony only products such as Uncharted and Uncharted Indiana Jones might be too similar. You know what I mean? If it's made by the same company. That's true. This stuff can yeah, be hard to I... keep track of. That's why I'm glad I'm a Nintendo fan. I don't worry yes, that much right. about this. Mario! Oh, who, who, who made Mario? Oh, Nintendo. Wow. Who made Link? <laughs> Nintendo. Who made Pikachu? Nintendo. Alright, cool. The gang's all here, boys. Yeah. All I want is by old Bioware to be resurrected and make another Old Republic game. That's all I want. Knights of the, I have a Knights of the I always go to Sithrop, by the way. I digress. Alright, next story. Speaking of Sith, so we have the Australians in the news today. So, Australia's Prime Minister is possibly thinking about passing this new law, which would force search engines to pay their news sources for certain topics. And so, this could be issues on multiple things. So, like, search engines could only pay for the news things that they found to suit their beliefs. Um, We have a little bit of a censorship scuffle in the news. Um... I'm just going to, that's not, that's all I'm going to get into about that. But this could cause conflict with that. So Google, to reduce the conflict, said, hey, if you guys pass this law, we're not going to abide by it. We're out. And Australia said, all right, don't let the door hit you on the way out. Where do you guys fall in line on this? Like, do you think that they, Google should be paying for news to be shown up on the thing? Because that would kind of out them if they do have a certain bias when it comes to certain topics like let's say i said ea sucks Mm -hmm. 
and Google loves EA. So if I Googled why does EA suck, I get all these paid articles from Google saying that EA doesn't suck. Like, what do you think? Do you think they're trying to avoid a bias here? Do you think that the Australia is trying to prove there's a bias? Do you think that this is just some way that this works into some federal employment program that Australia is trying to incorporate? I don't know. What do you guys think is going on here? I I would actually like to take this first because um so I don't I'm not talking about politics and I'll make that really clear right now but think about what just happened with everything that went on there is an app that all the places like everywhere Apple Google all of them turned off the app they completely cut the app off um I can't remember the name of it it was like posters or something parlor. like that pa- parlor parlor that's yeah. it so. They did all that. That was an eye-opener for everyone. So I think Australia is trying to be like, okay, we got we got little say about anything that goes on. Why not let's try to separate ourselves a little bit? And what's the best way to do that? Then at least kind of putting Google on the line is going, hey, what you going to make it where you have to pay for certain search engines? Or, wait, no, did you say the, the news creators had to pay? or No, no, no. The search engine would have to pay for the news links. Okay, so yeah, Google would have to pay for the search engines or for the uh, searchable content, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So- I-, I just want to add a little bit of extra uh, character to what you're saying about Parler, real quick, just so mm-hmm. that people understand f- in more in scope what happened there. Is so Parler is hosted on AWS, which is Amazon Web Storage, and Amazon Web Storage is huge. Uh, I can't even fathom what they cover, but I know that they have inroads into government platforms and uh, other corporations. So Parler was taken down specifically by Amazon. However, um, there is a pattern of coordinated effort uh, that you can see with specific people being deplatformed by what is normally referred to as big tech, which is Amazon, Google, Facebook. uh, Twitter is like the sidekick, Mm -hmm. but they still uh, have a a significant presence and and they have a lot of influence. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot going on with it. And I, I'm just trying to, like, think, like, solution first. And the thing that bothers me, and this has bothered me for a couple of years, is that the solution, we already had the solution, which is let the platforms be neutral and let people decide for themselves. Let the, the quality of the content be the only deciding factor. And the platforms, to this day, people tell me, oh, get off of this platform, go use this platform. I'm like, well, don't blame the platform it's the people behind the platform that are causing this. And I think I've even brought it up with you guys too. So Joseph, you silly, silly man. There is no profit in being neutral. You silly, silly person. It can. They were doing pretty well. I mean, talking about Google here, James. So I think, (laughs) I think the overall growth of the company for, uh, for a dime was actually quite, uh, quite sizable. I see where you're going with it though. So here's the other point I'll make. And then I'll, uh, and then I'll throw it back to the center, which is that, with a lot of news, um, it could purport to be objective, but that's actually more sinister if there is a bias that's influencing. Oh, I, they're, they're completely objective. They're completely trustworthy, but maybe there's a bias behind it. The, whereas other news platforms, they make it very clear where the leanings are, and, they, and they're open. And they're and so it's not just about the news. It is also about the opinion that informs the news or the, the spin. Um and, and I think as long as like there's an openness of that bias, at least you know 
where they stand on what they're reporting. At least that's a more honest proposition to the consumer. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing. Realistically, what I'm gonna what I'm gonna throw out there is what happened. Is Google's like we're not paying, we're not throwing, we're not gonna shell out all this money just for you guys to use Google because they start in Australia. Guess what? You start showing that money out to England. Guess what? United States next. Guess what? Now every country that uses Google is gonna have to they're gonna start shutting all money. Next thing you know, Google loses money. So this this is probably just their way of like you know what? No, we're we're not doing that. So that's yeah. all I can really imagine. It's just they want to they want to save a buck. I Which, I, just, I just think Australia a, is trying to separate themselves a little bit. Like I feel like well, that's the, is what really is going on. Don't you dare the, make a bad joke. I'm I'm not. I was gonna say did you guys hear that the emus are starting to mobilize again in Australia. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't they're they're about, about to have a rough time. Somebody needs to make an open world game about Australia. Uh, what part it, about it? It burning uh, down yeah, the emus? It, no, it's called it's called Dark Souls, Joseph. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Dark, Dark Souls is actually pretty linear now that I think about it. Mm. I digress. Alright. Any you final have, thoughts, uh, questions, any opinions on it? Mm. I'm... I'm... I'm thinking, because, like... Well, one of, one of the biggest things, too, is essentially, like, Australia is saying to, like, a big tech corporation... Well, actually, before I get into this... Uh, do you folks have a rule for everything to be like 100% verified sourced? Because my memory is not so good. We are no, not the Joe so, Rogan no. podcast. It no, doesn't need to be thing. 100%. If you, start, <laughs> if you start spewing out nonsense, I'll hear about it on Twitter. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Perfect. Because I... So before I started streaming, like I was watching like a ton of different podcasts, like uh, like professors talking about different things about you know like social things and and companies, big tech companies. And one of the biggest things that they talked about is that when these corporations like uh, Facebook, Google, you know, like all of them like came into power, they began to be able to control news. And they began to be able to say to people who are like new, you know, like parts of the news to say, like, you got to play ball. you got to have your websites done like this, your advertisements done like this, because if you don't, we won't favor you. And you'll drop down, you'll drop, lose all your money, and you'll cease to exist. From what I, like, unless I'm completely wrong, this switches the power. It fully 100% switches the power between Google and Facebook to news companies. Because they're going to get their revenue directly from Google and Facebook. And Google and Facebook have to pay them a certain amount. And it's not the other way around. It's not them fighting and begging and pleading to be on this, you know, neutral service that is favoring one news article over another. And I think that's very important. Like, I'm, I, I'm thinking that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, that... I mean that sounds. You're worried about not sounding 100 percent accurate, but that that yeah, legitimately that sounds, sounds like legitimate. Yep. That yeah, sounds like out. exactly what could happen. Yeah. Um. But we have another story here. Oh no! In a world. Uh, there's really nothing I can. I had nothing to work with there. I mean, you you can only make uh chicken crap out of chi or chicken salad out of chicken crap so many times. You know what I mean? Uh yeah. 
I mean, the architect is just slacking. That's all I got, man. That's yeah, all I dude, got. I'm in a world where online gaming only costs as much as you're paying for internet. Why did I'm... Xbox? What? I, sorry, I wanted to interject and say you gave me an idea for a chicken salad air fryer recipe. Sorry, continue. But hopefully, you don't use chicken crab. I beg you, don't use chicken crab. So, these air fryers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I had a cool intro written down. I had a nice little script. But throwing it out the window. All right, so basically, with every console, PC game, whatever, you the amount you pay for your internet service is as much as it costs to play to play free to play games. Xbox Live is different. Xbox Live, you need Xbox Live gold subscription to play online multiplayers to access certain parts of the store to play their games on the store whether they cost money or not well yesterday january 23rd they decided to double the cost of the six-month subscription and the year-long subscription to xbox live gold so it was 60 bucks for six months now it's 120 it was 120 or something like that and it doubled to 240 or whatever something like that for a year-long subscription well people were so outraged at this news people were throwing major gamer temper tantrums and i don't know if you've ever seen an angry gamer but uh just type in like wings of redemption on youtube and that'll be all you need that's your typical angry gamer mm-hmm. um so when that happened xbox said and then this morning, as of day of recording, January 23rd, they have said, none of that is going to happen now. All our prices are staying the same. And you can play free-to-play games without having to pay for Xbox Live Gold subscriptions. So, all is well in the end. The gamers win. Woo! Whoa! But, but there still brings up a point. There are two, way- two reasons why this happened. And... I want to kind of throw it out there and let you guys discuss what you think happened. Okay. So option option one. So what happened was they really were going to go through this. They were like, you know, we need we squeeze some money out of these gamers. Gamers are stupid. We could get whatever we want from them. All right. So they decided to do that, and it obviously backfired in the face. It was you know, boom. They didn't like that. Resort to going back to the old ways. Make things a little bit better. Option two, and I don't know if this one's more believable, but it's one that's more prevalent in the entertainment side of the world. Um, like, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan. I think I mentioned this probably 472 times on the podcast. Um, back in the day, wrestlers would say a bunch of random things, try to get it leaked to the, they call them dirt sheets. Dirt sheets would be people, people like reporters and stuff like that. And they would say different, they would tell person A one thing, they'd tell person B one thing, and then tell person C another thing. And they would, <coughs> and they would see which one of the stories leaked to the dirt sheets. And they're like, okay, well, that guy's a stooge. That guy's a sellout. Get those guys out of here. That's, you know what I mean? Mm. So what could have happened was Microsoft, especially in the middle of a console war going on right now, could have been doing the same thing. They could have been like, hey, we're going to make Gears of War 17. We're going to make a brand new Halo game. Hey, we're going to double the price of Xbox Live Gold subscriptions. And then one of those stories leaked to the reports. Now, whoever started these stories knows who the Stooges is. 
and they had to come out due to quick damage control, which they were probably already planning on giving the free-to-play games back to actually free-to-play to the gamers. This was just a caveat to make it look like they're doing damage control. It gives themselves even better PR, because you know what they say, any news is good news. So that's just what I personally think happened, but I'm also pretty cynical-minded. What do you guys think happened? Um, well, I'm going to, uh, you're just going to say thank you to me, Jordan, for not bringing something up. So you're just going to say that, and I'm going to say you're welcome. Um, the story he's talking about happened on the 22nd, not the 23rd. Um, but. No, I said the 22nd. I said it started the 22nd, and then today the 23rd is when. You didn't? (laughs) And I was like, nope, I I just won't interrupt him. He, I already broke up his first, uh, yeah, you, uh, you didn't. You didn't say the right day. You said 23rd, and then you said, and now, today on the 23rd, you can go back through the recording. That That's what you said. That's what you said. Jordan, I, I caught Jordan, you. I today, caught you. Today is the 23rd. I know it's the 23rd. Just, you you learn when you go back on the podcast. This is, I'm like a god right now. I control everything. Um, I honestly got nothing. I think uh, it was leaked. I think it, it was all leaked. I mean, I think that what they were, were thinking about doing and someone leaked it, and then they went, oh, no, let's not. And they swiped it away, and I uh, realized how bad of an idea that was. That's what so I think So you think it was happened. the backlash? You think it was yeah. the backlash that caused them to do that? Okay. Yeah, that's what I think. What about you two? What do you think? There's a saying, which is um, what I, I subscribe to stupidity, what I cannot ascribe to malice, um, which I have a hard time with. Because I think it's, I would rather consider somebody evil than stupid, because at least they're intelligent, and I can respect that. If they're stupid, well, I, oh, good luck. So, so, um, so yeah, it could it could have just been, like, uh, a bungle, um, and then they're tr- just trying to figure out what's the best way to to get themselves out of it. Uh, I think, for me, the, the takeaway is that if prices have to uh, be increased um, in in that significant of a fashion waits to your next console release. So then that way it all is coming together in a package and you can, it's easier to digest that because, okay, it's an increase in technology. They're making new, um, uh, new features. So it's a little bit more palpable, uh, rather than like halfway through a cycle, you know, or be like by the, by the console for, for the first year, uh, our subscription service will be $60. And then after that, it'll be, uh, it'd be twice as much, or when, and not just like, it either could be for like the first year of the person buying it, regardless of when they get it, or just the first year altogether. So that way, it's trying to encourage people to get it and on. So there's for as far as like that issue, the increase in prices, there are ways to make it more digestible to the audience and this was, or the player base, uh, and this was uh, definitely not it. Uh, and then the other thing I was thinking too is a war between uh, gamers and emus. I don't remember why that came to my mind. I just thought, man, do, do I like the idea of a challenge? Well, so <laughs> far, gamers gamer... can bring any gaming gears. They can bring their chairs. They can bring their controllers. They can bring their monitors just to gamers... even it out, just to give us a chance. Yeah, gamers are zero and zero in wars. Emus are one and oh. I'm yeah. just throwing that stat out there. Shout out to the being good sports. Uh, the Australians, they didn't have to report it. But they did. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> they're, they're really good sports about it. <laughs> so I I had an opinion on this as well, but then I saw what I think is a Five Nights at Freddy's mask, and I just my 
My mind melted. I <laughs> <laughs> see it back there. You oh. don't see anything. Oh, yeah, I'm just gonna say like this the whole time. Uh, but your uh, opinions on this, I would love to know. And I can't <laughs> touch my can't touch my stream deck. Uh, uh, yeah, Five Nights at Freddy's, one of my favorite horror games ever made. First one I ever played, and it has made other all other ones not as scary. That's that's fair. It's a it's a knowing you're gonna get scared is what gets me. But mm -hmm. I, I will I will try to keep us on track though. I mean, Five Nights at Freddy is on Xbox. It's on Xbox, and it was free, free to play for a little bit. It was, if you had Xbox Live Gold. That is true. So, I, I I want to throw this point out. Oh, I'm sorry, Arth. I don't want to. No problem. If you got no it, go. Uh, okay. <laughs> so. <No. laughs> sorry, my Canadian showing. So, this this is like, I I was thinking about this because I I saw the news article you posted. And uh, the the way I'm thinking about it is I've always looked at the subscription memberships for all three of the consoles. And Nintendo's has been garbage for a long time. Its value per dollar ratio is just nowhere near as good. The PlayStations, when I had it, I think it was on the PlayStation 3, was pretty sweet. I got to play... Um, I don't I don't remember the name of this game because I have a broken memory. Where's a game with a dude with lightning hands and he could bounce up onto the top of buildings and he could throw lightning bolts at people and ride on like power lines? I know what game you're talking about. I'll get was this. Was it infamous? That was it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was infamous. Yeah. That's and you, it, yeah. I, I got that for free and I got Saints Row for free and like all these other ones. And truth be told, I have never played an Xbox console game ever. And the reason for that is that they like the console to me always seemed like it was moved. <laughs> I, I think I, I'm guessing you're a big fan of the console. That is the only console he has. <laughs> so I I will defend this by not saying that the console is bad, but it's because I can't use these thingies. Two of these to do first-person shooters. I can't. I'm too old. Double analog stick, first-person shooter breaks my brain. You like you you. Oh no, my camera's gone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go. So you like you you should see me. Like I'm like oh no, there's a guy above me, and I'll just look down at the floor and start moving around in circles. Like I I just I couldn't do it. So the the Xbox console was never something that was on the priority for me to get. But I have heard that the subscription service of the three is arguably better for Xbox. Historically, it's always been better. It's always been the king of the three services. Mm -hmm. Now, recently, uh, World of Warcraft did this, and it kind of flew under the radar. They upped the subscription cost for Canadian gamers from like $16 to $20-something. I think... <laughs> yeah, I think it's like $25 or something tax and all for a month of World of Warcraft right now, which... Right. To me, is ridiculous. I don't got that kind of money, and uh, I think what what they may have done, because it is my opinion and it's not fact. I think games media in general has literally been bought. Like if somebody goes and leaks something to games media, or like games media leaks something they're not supposed to, they just get blacklisted and their company dies. This way, Cyberpunk never got blacklisted, or like you know, 
not blacklisted, like no leaks came out for Cyberpunk mm-hmm. and it went under the radar is because I think there's so much pressure from publishers that games media can't fight back because all the control is on one side. So I think that was intentional. My opinion you, is that... Sorry, go I was ahead. Just gonna, I was just going to support what you're saying because even if games media isn't... Even if like when outlet here or there in particular isn't um, uh, owned by uh, a larger company, the, even if they're completely independent, they still have a tremendous amount of pressure to have good relationships with these because you're you're biting the hands you feeds you and that's your job to be honest about the quality of the game and to get early access to be able to have exclusive interviews to be freaking get copies of the game to play uh so that the review is is out in time uh, can i can i tend to uh J- james jordan do you guys remember if i told you my gmr story because this is like one that sticks out to me. So GMR was a, a game magazine, and they were they were known for being honest. They were being critical. Um, if, if they they wanted to give a game a bad review, it didn't matter how popular it was, they would give it a bad review. And I had subscribed to it for about a year uh, before uh, parents decided not to sign me up for another year. And at the time, phones that were also uh, portable game machines was just being introduced. And Nokia had this phone called the Nokia N-Gage, because get it, N-Gage. And in order to play a game on this thing, you had to like disassemble the back piece, uh, pop the control uh, the, the cartridge out, put the other cartridge back in, put the back piece back in, and there was, I missed a few steps. And they Nokia went crazy advertising this thing, so much so that a... Um, uh, an issue of GMR was wrapped in this Nokia package uh, so that you would have to like look at the Nokia N-Gage before you pull it out, get the magazine out of it. In that very magazine was the review for the Nokia N-Gage. They gave that piece of junk a 3 out of 10. They bit the hand that fed them. <laughs> GMR is long ground into dust. They're not around anymore. Yeah, like, look, look at... Uh, uh... Uh, there's there's a couple of like YouTube reviewers, right? Which, by the way, are we allowed to say like different people that we know of? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like there there's a a dude on there, Jim Sterling, and yep. he does a lot of like controversial stuff. Controversial yeah. stuff. It was like four years ago. Ubisoft and all the big publishers were trying to buy him. They were like, you're the best. Our PR team loves you. Here's early access to our games. Come down to our studio. You get to see our game early. This is great. This is great. Like, we love you. And then he put out two bad reviews. And all of a sudden, he's like, so, everybody, I'm not getting copies of games in advance anymore. I'm going to be doing my reviews day one. And I mean, he had a community base and he was like, you know, influential enough that it didn't matter. But companies started blacklisting him just like left and right. They tried to take the power back. If that happens to, you know, uh, a games, you know, like a games journalism thing, which is actually if you go to like, uh, what is it? I, I don't know. I don't know the name of the company, but if you go to a couple of their like you sign up, you know, like you're, you look for a job. Mm-hmm. You put in your resume to them. They'll yeah. they'll say that they want you to become an influencer for their company, and I think that's how they're trying to defend themselves. Is they want to make their reviewers and influencers to get that back. But like, I I definitely think ju- just to bring this all back, because I went to like, <laughs> I'm sorry, you're good. It's all good. Tie it up. So to so to bring it back, I think that was all intentional by Microsoft because 
So my theory and my like my theory is that they put that out there and they're like, oh no, we're so sorry, we're gonna listen to you. That's way too expensive. And then they're gonna half that price on the increase in a couple of months. And they're gonna be like, we listen to you, but we think we can offer you this, this, and this, and this will be worth the increase in price. And everybody will be like, you know, that's a little less absurd. We like that. And then a couple of months later, they'll do that again. And then I had the same thought that, that they did that with the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Like the first uh, reveal of Sonic was. Mm -hmm. All the gamers cyber bullied a company into fixing yes. their Sonic. <laughs> I was like, yes. I, I, this is why cyberbullying works. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the best thing ever. I haven't seen it, but yeah, fixing Sonic yeah. was the best thing ever. And that is the other reason why gamers would win in a war against emus, because we saw what could happen when a group of gamers came together. What we like in uh, coordination and upper body strength, and well, lower, and pretty much any strength. Uh, I could, <laughs> and, I could and really make uh, quality long-term decisions. Uh, we make up for okay. in determination. Okay, so I, I have a counter to that. And I think all gamers will end up getting protected by first-person shooter gamers because they get into airsoft and all those dudes mm. will go out and buy fifteen thousand dollar get-ups hide in trees with ghillie suits and snipe jokes on you i was in the military i have all that stuff in my closet <laughs> right now yeah. no hold on bring this back to the original war the actual australian military with <laughs> rifles <laughs> tried to fight the emus, and the emus had developed enough of a, a thick outer shell that they could stop the bullets. So, now, the the, the conflict was, uh, it's an older conflict, so the weaponry has increased, but if you're just going to get us up to airsoft, where the emus, <laughs> their protective shell is still going to uh, stop the projectiles. I, I will say airsoft, if you get up to enough PSI, that really hurts. Oh, yeah. Mm. That I believe. <laughs> Imagine an emo just pecking the Mountain Dew out of Boogie 2988, just pecking the Mountain Dew out of him. Just... <laughs> All right. Uh, so James, do, you, do you have do you have like do you know what Microsoft actually did? Uh, did I explain? It? You didn't. Yeah, you didn't say if they actually like if they purposely did it or not. Oh, we don't know yet. They're, they're, they, and if they did, they would never tell us. Oh. So we're yeah, just they, going on hypothetically. They, they, so uh, every major gaming outlet, you know, Game Byte, IGN, et cetera, et cetera, came out and said, hey, Microsoft came out and said this. They actually had something on their actual Twitter that said, hey, price is going up. And then today, on the 23rd, they said, never mind, price is staying normal. Okay, so we don't actually know if, like, they purposely did it or not. Okay. Yes, okay. we don't know if they were going to fully go through with that, if they were going to go full full heel and try to look babyface now. I don't know. But I will say this. Last thing I'll say about subscription services for consoles, then I'm over, and then I'll be over. So I have a Nintendo Switch. For me to play online multiplayer, get access to the shop, and play all the stuff on there, it's four bucks a month for the Nintendo Switch. PlayStation, it's 10, 15 bucks a month. And you don't need that to play multiplayer games. You can play multiplayer games for free. You just got to pay for the game and pay for your internet service. The subscription they have is just to play different free games every month 
And then Xbox, you need that at least $60 subscription to play multiplayer games for a game you already bought. That is, that's kind of like where I have an issue with that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Switch is also so like, like half the price of the, the other two systems. Granted, it also has less processing power. So you don't get the same, you can't get certain current uh, generation games, uh, even if you tried. Uh, but even so, you're still saving like a couple hundred dollars just on the system. Yeah. I don't know. Like, for Nintendo Switch, for their $4 subscription service, they have a Nintendo Entertainment System and right now a Super Nintendo Entertainment System emulator that you can have on the Switch that's through them that has hundreds of games that came out on those consoles and it gets updated every month. Ooh, and I got a I heard, for that. I have an answer. Let's see if they match up. Wait, oh, <laughs> I was confused. I was like, I was expecting you to like give me the answer first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a question, and I'm gonna answer it right now. So, so what's up, man? So, okay, so you said that about the Nintendo Switch, right? Um, yes. Does does the library expand or cycle? Because I was under the impression it cycled for the retro games. I think it's like a Netflix thing where there's a churn rate. So it depends if you're so they have a certain I mean, I wish I had it up here so I could just show you. So you have the actual like game that you click on is either the NES or the the SNES, right? Mm-hmm. And then in that game, it has a catalog kind of like a like a Netflix almost. It has a catalog of all the games that play, came on it. And they released more. And from what I've noticed, they don't those games don't cycle. They stay there. It's a library. I don't know if they have like special one-off retro games in the actual store that is like limited time. You can play this and then it goes away or whatever like that unless you download it. I don't know, but I know when it comes to those emulators that came out with and I heard they're working on the Nintendo 64 one. Mm-hmm. So that'll be so that'll be fun. So we'll see what happens there. But like I said, four bucks a month and you get access to all that. And okay. I know it's ju- that's much better than what I thought it was. Yeah, so I can't complain about that. You know what I can complain about? There it is. I can complain about Cyberpunk 2077. And I will, dang it. Just like all the other people out there that have been devastated by this tragedy known as CD Projekt Red. So, everyone knows the announcement of Cyberpunk 2077. 2077. Ah, I'm just going to refer to it as Cyberpunk from now on to save myself some time. Mm-hmm. The announcement of Cyberpunk came in 2012. The first cinematic trailer came out in 2013. I emphasize the word cinematic because that is art. That isn't in that isn't gameplay. That becomes important. During this time, CD Projekt Red was currently working on a game that you probably know and love called The Witcher 3. They were working on that game when they announced and set a trailer for Cyberpunk 2077. Uh Jason Schreier of Bloomberg, who is close to the source over at CD Projekt Red, reported that during this time, many team members said that they were too busy with Witcher 3 to actually start working on this new project that was supposed to be the next big open-world futuristic dystopian game. So what they did was they basically fired the person that was ahead in... CD Projekt Red, like the uh, head of the development team, replaced him 
and then every team member, like coder, uh, designer, whatever, they basically said it was like hitting a reset button. So any progress they did make basically got thrown out the window and they had to restart in 2016. Um, this was an issue because they were told like, hey, early 2020, you're going to have this game done. Well, sit here in the future, we know that that didn't really happen for many reasons as we can now see why. Um, Sitting here in the future, it will still be done in 2022. <laughs> well, I was about to get to that point. So the original release date that they were told was in early 2022. And as we can see, they obviously found a crunch time. Um, there are many reports about the working conditions that they had to go through during the last couple months, especially with the next or the yeah, the next gen consoles coming out trying to get the game ready for that. So this story, I think, could be pretty quick because we've talked about Cyberpunk so much recently. But now that these are official reports coming from official people that were on the Cyberpunk team, uh, what do you guys think? Are you guys surprised at all about this revelation that the game came out two years too early? Um, and what do you think pushed the developers to get the game out? Do you think it was the release of the next-gen consoles coming? Or do you think this is just a company trying to recruit any possible losses that they have already made in developing a 10-year-old game? I think it was the fans. I think uh, the fans... I mean, it all comes back down to them because, I mean, they released the trailer. They had high expectations for it, and then, you know, they wanted to give it out, but the fans already seen a little bit of it. They already got some little nugs. They wanted the rest of the Happy Meal. So, you know... They had to kind of to give it to him. Can I interject? Yeah. To play de to play devil's advocate here, if the development or if the developer never came out and said, "Hey, this will be done in early 2020," if they just kept throwing out either new gameplay trailers or gameplay showcases, don't you think that would have sufficed? If they wouldn't have given the expectations of an early 2020 release, do you think the gamers would have been able to hold on a little bit longer? I think they would have. If I think they said, hey, this game will come when it's done, here is a little gameplay teaser, or here's early access. We've seen so many games go through the early access route yeah. and be successful off it because they were able to fix the game before it fully released. Yeah, I think if they would have went the early access route, they would have been better. But also, the big thing to remember, we've been in a pandemic for almost a whole entire year. And if it, if yep. the game would have came out when they said it would have, obviously we can't put the pandemic in the same situation. But with now knowing that Cyberpunk uh, 77 didn't release until November, was it? November is when it released? November 10th, something like that, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the pandemic really changed around a lot of things for people, made companies really change the way they worked and everything else. And I think they kind of shot themselves in a the foot and uh, they'll just yep. limp it along until they can finish getting it out uh yep. i just think day 300 and day 312 of our 15 days slow the spread so <laughs> so yeah. here's one question that i have about early access because it seems to me that early access is is a tool for smaller teams to use because yes. they want to get that early interest they want to start building a community so that they have more momentum when the game is released um i i can't think of like I think it's to, tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that the bigger the title, the more AAA it is, the less likely there's going to be early access for it because they have a marketing division and they have lots of money and they can get Keanu Reeves on stage. 
So I yeah. I can tackle that. Yeah. Or do you want to tackle that story? No, it's... go for it, dude. Go. For it. It's all you. Ah, okay. So when when uh, when like the bigger companies do that sort of thing where they do like the early access for their games like Ubisoft I believe did that for a couple of their like Diablo clones. They did early access and they brought people in. For smaller companies, uh, they use early access and Kickstarter and they get the basic funding that they need to get their project going and they use those funds as a bargaining chip with investors to get enough to complete their games. Like I think I think now I'm just going to throw out a random number, but I think like six times out of 10, a game that hits in the, like it's completed in Kickstarter didn't get enough funds to complete the game. Like, I think it was one character in Skullgirls was 200 and something thousand dollars to make, which is absurd. One character. That's, that's what they needed to make it. And they, they went and they like jotted it out to the penny. So like when games are like, if you give us $550,000 and we'll make you this Diablo clone with like open world and endless replayability, they're just selling you phase one of the development. And then there's phase two, there's phase three, there's phase four, there's phase five, like that. And I think for the AAA companies is like, we don't believe in this product. We can't get our investors and our stockholders involved in it. So we're going to put it in early access. The community is going to speak. They're going to put their, you know, like their, I don't know what they're saying is, is it like money where your mouth is? Put your yeah, two cents into it, you know. Yeah, they're, they're going to put the money where their mouth is and then we can sell the game to them. And with um, Project... Oh no, I forgot the company name. CD Project Red. CD Project Red. They had such an absurd reputation behind them because of Witcher 3. Because when it came out, they were they were touting our game is finished. There's no microtransactions. You will have DLC campaigns. We're and not gonna right. nickel and dime you. Yeah. But they did all that and they built this crazy like reputation for themselves. Like they were walking on water to people. Like you say anything bad or you worry about CD Project Red, and literally you'd be lynched with words. <laughs> and like you can't you couldn't say it. So they had all of that behind them. How like they wouldn't be able to do early access because that would ruin everything. Then they had investors and like stockholders and all these people all behind them just based on their name alone. And then they were like, "Oh, we have these humans over here. Let's use them like cattle and try to get the game out as fast as possible." And they, I, it's in my opinion, they used greed, and they didn't care at all about their workers. And you hear that a lot about big publishers, like whenever there's time crunches that need to be made and companies want to start remaking that money because the return on investment needs to come sooner than later. Oh, um, yeah. And yeah, I talked I mean, about this. Sorry. So I, I wanted to uh, do a parallel story here just for my um, for my sales experience, but uh, one of the not nothing to do with the job I'm working right now, um, but with, uh, with a previous job, um, what would happen is people would order uh, the product but we didn't have the product. There were different stores that would be able to ship the product to those uh, customers. So we had a list of availability. Well, what would happen is we would say that we would have 12. There would be 
18 orders. And so the company would have to go to a small team uh, called sourcing to try to hold on to those orders by finding additional product. So the idea was you wanted to motivate the sourcing side so that they would continue to um, push themselves, try to get the rest of the orders and not cause those losses. Is this good? I mean, a little bit of that can help a little incentive, um, but there's better ways to incentivize people. And that to me, sounds like what they're doing to the developers, whereby saying that the game is going to come out in 2020, they're expecting to push the developers to reach a goal that they otherwise wouldn't have reached. And they torture them to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is common Um, in gaming though. Yeah. Comes up a lot. There was a question that I wanted to ask, like, kind of like throw it out to the group, but uh, can we? Can anybody think of a of a publisher that generally like hasn't run afoul of uh, the gaming community? Uh, not, I'm not trying to prove a point that there aren't examples. I just want to hear some examples of some companies that really have done right by the gaming community. I'm so sad because even Starbound, like Starbound, an indie developer that broke off from Terraria, has scandals. Like how? Mm-hmm. It was like a three man um, development team. Yeah. I have one actually. Um, Valve. Dare say Counter Strike. Well, that is the company people to make Counter Strike, but not just Counter Strike. I'm talking Valve, as in yeah, company that's made a lot of games. Like I'm talking about Half Life games. You know what they did? They would let their employees be take breaks from current projects they're working on and give them creative freedom to work on whatever. They gave them modding tools that they needed, so they could just take games that already made, like Half Life. Like ninety percent of the great Valve games we play are Half-Life mods. And that's because they gave their creators the tools that they need and the time and the creative ability to do whatever they want. I've never heard anything bad come out of that. Like, I've never heard them like, be like, oh, we need time crunches and all that. Like, I've never heard any kind of story like that come from a Valve studio. Blizzard used to be like that once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Blizzard Blizzard was once great before. Yeah. And that, like, I, I think I agree with you on Valve because I remember people mocking them for their absurd system like somebody yeah. came out and did an article they're like how dare they have like a voting system how will half-life 3 ever get made everybody has to agree and everybody's of equal standing at the table and like they end up making great games because of it. yeah great gaming can't count to three but they've made great games yeah and, and if everyone agrees on something they're gonna put their time and to soul into said project oh yeah exactly and i think that's what it is i think you give the creative people on your team creative control and then i think you start seeing better results but when you start telling them hey you have to do it like this it has to look like this it has to be like this and then you start whipping them with time constraints it's not gonna be good but yeah but that's that's the only one i can think of was valve i i can't think of any um to be honest uh i can i'm thinking gearbox think they're like they were I think they're, in 2000 i think they're owned by valve aren't they is gearbox owned by valve no it's either they're either owned by valve or microsoft microsoft mm-hmm. has a lot of connections with gearbox because they made uh gears of war they made uh borderlands um they did that stuff but i think in like 2016 they had a few problems like people were going on strike oh. and stuff like that um I don't know if there's been any like big ones. 
Gearbox is owned by 2K Games. Okay, that's it. I I definitely don't want to talk on this because apparently the dude who that owns that company is extremely litigi- litigious. But there has been some seriously nasty stuff about the guy who owns that, or not the guy, but yeah. stuff that happened in that company. Yeah, okay. we can we can hold there because he. I heard that guy also likes to go the Billy Mitchell route about things, and we don't want to deal with that. So, <laughs> hey, that's fine because we uh we have a one. I think it's one last special thing to do. Well, we actually have one more fun story. We have a fun story. Okay, and then yeah. you segue us into that. I will. So, speaking of fun, you know what's fun? Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. <gasps> so, it was recently just released. We recently were just found out this week that it is not a Freddy Fazbear licensed movie, but America's own sweetheart, Nicolas Cage, will, oh, be, no. starring, will be starring in a movie called Willy's Wonderland. And what it is, is it's about a story about a dude who needs some cash. He's willing to do odd jobs for cash. He gets the job at this Chuck E. Cheese-esque pizza place. And guess what he has to do? He has to clean the place and take care of the animatronics. Overnight. Well, well, what do you know? Yeah, it's an overnight position. He's on the midnight shift. And what do you know? The animatronics aren't just animatronics they're evil so we all know freddy we all know about uh five nights at freddy's um if you're like me you've watched hundreds hundreds of hours of the lore videos and you know that there are 18 people who could possibly be the purple phone guy or which one's william afton stuff like that what do you guys think about this i think this is actually really cool i think i think the movie's gonna bomb in theaters Mostly for the fact that theaters are closing down, nobody goes. But I feel like this is going to be one of those movies that are so bad, it's good. Like, I feel like this is going to be, like, almost The Room 2.0. I'm excited. Go ahead, Joseph. Me too. I predict that there is going to be a recurring scene where he's visiting a therapist. And he's trying to explain what's what's going on each, each night. I put out put on the freaking mask and then it comes right down the freaking hallway. Prediction yeah. that he's gonna be seeing a therapist in that movie. Um I want it to just be so. a Nicolas Cage movie where he references other Nicolas Cage yeah. movies the entire time. This okay just, go, oh, go, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Rudy, you. No, I am not gonna go ahead. Two more people went ahead of you, you go. Oh <laughs> uh, well I appreciate that. You're you're a sweet man. All I'm going to say is, so Nicolas Cage dyed his hair, by the way. He dyed his hair back to, like, nice and brown. You can easily tell it. The first thing in the trailer you can notice, there is no joke, a Ghost Rider magazine in the background. (laughs) (laughs) The posters and stuff on the wall, you can literally see a Ghost Rider's, like, little magazine clipping right there. And I'm just like... Oh, this is memes. This is just memes. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, it's going to be great, and I'm super excited for it. Uh, we're actually going to uh, all get together at night, and I might even do like a, uh, a live stream when watching it or something. Um, I'm, I'm going to figure out some cool way to do it, but it's going to be so much fun. Let's hear from...
from from you, sir. What, what were you gonna say? Cause you let me go so kindly. All I, all I was gonna say is I love that Nicholas Cage is essentially playing himself. Like when you <laughs> when you read the blurb at the start, it's like, so Nicholas Cage is just playing himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or maybe like he's actually not doing so hot financially, and so he actually thinks that he's he's getting the job, and this is all just like like they're all they just staging this cameras thing. Cameras everywhere. It's a hidden it's a hidden camera TV show. <laughs> And, uh, and in the trailer, he's over there, like, killing animatronics, so, I mean, blood is going everywhere, so, uh, Nicolas Cage, um, uh, run. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I got. Speaking of people who should run, Arthur, you won't be able to run because you are now strapped in and strapped on. You are in the electric chair. The electric chair! The electric chair! <laughs> all right the rules are simple arth oh no so i have i have some questions here you're gonna have a minute on the clock all these questions are gonna be this or that first thing to come to mind yes or no kind of questions all right okay so just no no nothing long just instantaneous instantaneous like first thing that comes out of your mouth is gonna be your answer all right oh this is never good for me <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's gonna be good for all of us. This is a learning experience. Alright. Alright. Let me know when you have a one minute on the clock. I got one minute on the clock. I'm ready to go. Are you ready? Are... Wait, hold on. I, I didn't ask Arthur if he was ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm ready, but I don't think the timer is. Alright, restart the timer. <laughs> it hasn't got started! <laughs> I never hit start wait, yet. To go down before you start it over. Okay. All right. All right. Ready, Arthur? Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What is your favorite food? Pizza. What is your favorite movie? Uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Crusade. Good one. What is your preferred controller to use? Xbox One. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Absolutely, 100%. Controller or mouse and keyboard? Mouse and keyboard unless... Yeah, mouse and keyboard. Yeah, good call. Favorite fast food joint? Uh... Uh-oh. Uh, a in Canada. Oh, I love A&W. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Twitch or YouTube? Twitch. Could you live without social media? Yes. And what's your favorite content creator? Uh, it was Total Biscuit. All right. You finished oh, one I... second. One <laughs> second. Also, I'm sorry. I saw I saw you pointing at yourself. Now I feel bad. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. Arthur, you were so close. It was You went Raiders of the Last Crusade. <laughs> <laughs> Also, also, James sat there and brought up favorite uh, fast food plays. All I was hoping you would say is Freddy Fazbear Pizzeria. <laughs> That's all I've done before. I thought you were going to go with In-N-Out Burger, which doesn't check out one bit. We don't have any here in Canada. I don't, I don't know why. I... I In-N-Out Burger. That's before. for me, baby. It's like, maybe What's not. What's your favorite fast food place? Waterburger. <laughs> Oh man, that was that was great. Um, and um, um Art, have you ever had Whataburger? No, what? but I heard it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it would be my favorite if I had it. <laughs> Listen, 
Listen here. All right, they made oh, these specific fast food places in certain areas to migrate people into one area. All right, so I love that you're gonna have toy. They want to feminize, feminize the men in there. And then, and then the frogs, they're turning gay. <laughs> there's our, right. there's our references. All right, so we have reached that time of the day where we all gotta go home. We got stuff to do. So, Arth, would you like to pimp your socials so uh, everyone can follow you? The only thing I really do is I do a uh, uh, Guja on Twitch TV, and oh no, I don't remember what my YouTube channel is. Can you give me one second? <laughs> go. Yep, yep. Let's just yeah. pretend like this part never happened. Just take a take a shot in the dark. <laughs> take a shot in the dark. I think I think if you put the clues together, you can do it. I oh, see my my YouTube channel is, uh, uh, PewDiePie. <laughs> just don't say ninja. Just, just don't say ninja. <laughs> There's apparently Good some job. legal issues going on right now. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, he, they were keeping it under the ropes. But yeah, there was a lot of uh, ninjas coming after people. That's, uh... Oh, that's oh. That's all I need to know. I don't want any crosshairs. But yeah, Guja on YouTube. That is my two places. And I just, I... I live on my Discord. I don't do anything like Twitter or Reddit or anything like that. I just live in Discords. Okay. Smart. Yeah, I'm right on. I need to get on Discord more. Like, I'm not on it as much as I want to be. And I'm just, I'm a busy, busy, busy man. Uh, but speaking of people who are busy, uh, Joseph, where can uh, people find you? And maybe, maybe if someone wants to, you know, get into some business stuff, you know, they mm -hmm. could listen to something. What could they mm -hmm. listen to? His I am, uh, I'm the host of an e-commerce podcast called Ecomonics. Uh, Google will tell you how it's spelt. You have to be like Australia and not be intimidated by them. It is E-C-O-M-O-N-I-C-S. And we talk to people all over the e-commerce space. And the tools that you need to really become like a free person financially are all there. What you need is guidance. And that's what Ecomonics is here for. Uh, I also, I chambered uh, something that I wanted to uh, talk about like way earlier. I'll do this quick because um, we were talking about how like R started on the NES. For me, my first system was the Sega Genesis. But I think for a lot of our uh, up and coming uh, gaming stars, um, you know, for, if the Nintendo 64 is their first console, then there's there's a lot of a back, um, backlog to, to learn from. And one thing that I hope people get a chance to see if you ever happen upon where one of those barcades where you can go to a bar and there's arcades there, mm, look for yeah. Asteroids. Yeah, Asteroids is a game that not only has an interesting play dynamic and it's actually spoiler alert, it's actually a sci-fi uh, horror. Like, believe it, but um, the way it was designed is that they used the LEDs. I don't know if it's LEDs at the time, but they used the light that actually was produced by the arcade machine. So it's not like games we see today where you have lighting and then it's just lit by the monitor. The arcade itself was the lighting. And you see this beautiful effect where everything is moving around and there's light trails coming out of the asteroids, out of the ship, and of the lasers. And even though it's like, like 70s, 80s, it still to this day is uh, an exceptionally like visually pleasing experience. So I hope people don't emulate it. I hope people can find asteroids uh, in the mortal coil because it is worth uh, just a couple of uh, couple minutes of gameplay. And thank you for that. I just wanted to get that on my system. Okay. And then what, what what's your website that people can uh, reach you at? 
Uh, if they want to see just how not prolific I am at updating my own content, they go to giantenemycompany.com. And there are links and pathways to what else I get up to, which is also not prolific, but that's on me. All right. It helps when I'm being paid to do something. It does. It does make a difference in my oh, production schedule. Wow. Okay. 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 I'm now we know what he I'm not really an attack on anybody. Hey. I'm just self burning. Speaking of getting paid, I got to sell out real quick. So I want to thank our sponsor, Anchor, for sponsoring this podcast. If you want to get into podcasting, just simply go to Anchor.fm or download the Anchor app on the Apple Store or the Google Play Store. It's a very simple app. You can start making money with very minimal listenership. You could. Start a podcast and don't have to worry about distribution either. It sends distribution to all the major outlets for your podcasting. So if you want to get started, go to anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R.fm, or download the Anchor app today. If you want to listen to us, we are in all the audio realms, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. That's none of our business. If you want to see the video feed of this live broadcast, you can catch us on Facebook at Skull Hunter Podcast. There, you can find our Twitter at Skull Hunter Podcast on Twitter. You can find me, I'm Skull Hunter James on Twitter. And if you want to catch Jordan, he is Skull Hunter Games on Facebook and YouTube, where he streams pretty consistently. And stop by this Tuesday. I believe this will come out Tuesday morning. So by the time you guys listen to this, Jordan will probably be live playing Counter Strike with Maw. So yep. thank you for that. And as always, thank you for listening. And we want to thank our beautiful guests for coming by yes, and so everyone you. say goodbye to our lovely audience bye-bye bye, bye. bye. bye.